Welcome to Get Gig Ready. If you're a music maker, emerging or early in your career, or even a veteran looking to brush up on the basics, we're here to get you close to some amazing local talent to help amp up your skills. Get Gig Ready is presented by City of Ride, Lane Cove Council, the Live Music Office, Music New South Wales, and 2SER, with support from Macquarie University. This week, I'm joined by Mabel May, a pianist, composer, arranger, and piano teacher. Mabel's music is part of a growing niche of online pianists, creating ambient, relaxing background music that anyone can put on and just consume. And Mabel, I wanted to start today by asking, what is it about the sound of the piano, an instrument where you're taking a hammer and hitting something held under extreme tension, a very aggressive sound that creates this beautiful spiritual music that you like to perform? I feel that when I'm at the piano and when I'm really in my zone, I can just totally immerse myself in my music. And and what comes naturally is usually something very uh, relaxing and chill. And I can just sit there and play for ages and not even know how long I've been playing. A lot of the pieces that I wrote, for example, Daydream or Wonder Reef or... Um, the other re- relaxing piece called Relaxing Piano Music with Beautiful Waterfall Views. I wrote them all in one go. Um, actually, the whole piece just came about in one go when I was in my zone and the music just came out. Um, and I feel that each piece um, of music that I do is like creating a piece of art, but I just have to be in the zone. So if I have a theme, then I just um, put myself in that theme and then the music will just come out and I'll just record it straight to audio and that's what comes out. Yeah, I think the thing that's really exciting about kind of the relaxing beats to study to that we have that's becoming really popular online and has a a huge market to it is that it really captures that experience that I think a lot of musicians feel of getting lost in the music and just be able to feel it as you kind of run with your technical knowledge being the gears that turn the engine that make the sounds. And for so many listeners, it's such a great experience because you can get lost in just the relaxation of it, the gentle space of it. So for you coming from a classically trained background, how does the technical knowledge help you put and get lost in that zone because I think that when you think of technical knowledge you think of the decisions and the equations that you have to do in your head to make things work so how do you get lost when you're actually working on something so technical and so skill focused I think after years of many years of classical training I don't even think about my left hand because I've been asked how do you make up your left hand on the spot I actually don't even think about it once I feel the melody once I work out the melody or I'm making up the melody and improvising as I go along the left hand just follows naturally because I've done I've had so many years of classical training and technical training so I think it just comes naturally as I um, compose the melody. I guess there may be some level of fear that I, I can speak for my poor experience as an improvisational musician. You know, I've done a bit of the practice there and I know how it was. And one of the things that I found particularly difficult to get over was just the fear of having the confidence to play a particular thing at a particular time. I find it interesting you mentioned your left hand, typically the bass note for the piano. With that being such a rooted, fundamental part of music, how do you build the confidence to be able to just let the hand kind of guide itself almost? Um, I think because I can play a lot of music by, by ear. So once I listen to a song, a song that I really like, I can pretty much almost uh, figure out the 
uh, the harmonies that go with it. So um, because I'm able to play by ear, I find it actually, it's actually quite easy for me to just make it up as I go along and improvise and add decorations as I go along. I think that's that's really fascinating because also one of the things that you do as a musician is, you know, play gigs, you know, be it uh, corporate events, weddings, that sort of stuff. And you'd have to have a big repertoire to be able to do events like that that can just stretch on and on and on. So how do you go about building not only the improvisational repertoire to kind of bridge those gaps, but also, you know, learn enough songs to fill that much space? How how much of a routine of a regiment is you learning those songs and how much of it is just having a library in the back of your head that's ready to go at any moment? Yeah, I think I do have a library at the back of my head that's uh, half ready to go at the moment <laughs> and then on the spot I just make it up but because I, if I know the song well it will just come naturally I can just play it out but if I actually don't or I've, I can't really remember the tune of the song then I will have some difficulty but um, yeah to practice for like a three hour performance um, sometimes it's quite tolling because I know that I'm, I'll have to be ready to do about 60 or more pieces um, uh, at one at one go and to have that under my fingers um perf- you know and and you know but and also each occasion the music required is different so for a wedding anniversary i'd have to play all the love songs so i have to be quite careful in terms of what songs i choose yeah. i can't cho- play songs like dancing on my own and all these sad <laughs> love songs and yeah. you know but if i'm doing a corporate um event i can't really do too many love songs I really need to balance out the program so yeah beforehand I write down a song list so if it's a three-hour program I would have a song list and lots of extra songs in case I get requests or if they want me to play more just to fill in gaps and things. I guess the other thing that's interesting then is that performing at events like that you often do end up being the background piece and that's just part of the role there so how do you go about building a network to be able to keep landing those gigs when for so many people you 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 might as well be a set of speakers in, in the room as far as they could be concerned how do you make sure that people notice you enough that you're able to keep getting those clients keep getting those opportunities but also not you know, overplay for the event and end up doing a jazz standard and <laughs> something a bit too loud and drawing too many people's attention. Um, yeah, yeah. I guess you have to be mindful of the noise level in the room and how much chatter is going yeah. on. So you just really have to cater to if the room, if the if the people are starting to talk and they're um, getting to be, um, the volume is getting quite loud. You need to kind of, I would play a little bit louder. But if there's no one talking, you know, and there's silence in the room, there's not much noise. Then I really uh, need to be aware of that and play more gentle pieces and just really go with the flow. I guess that's why it'd be so useful to have, as you mentioned, the kind of extended list of songs there so that you have opportunities to swap things around, a bit of space to maneuver in there. And then in terms of actually landing those gigs, I've never performed for myself at a corporate event. What goes into finding those gigs? Is it just you know, event representatives having your website? Do you get in touch with the venues to find those things? Actually, uh, it's friends of friends Mm. so they go oh we need a pianist for this event and so this friend of mine suggested me because one of my friends um, had a pub opening so I took my keyboard there and played there Mm. and in that event um, his friend was there and so he recommended me to a corporate event 
And through that corporate event, I got more events. Yeah. And then also, I also have um, a couple of age agents on the side that would um, get work for me, like nursing homes and mm-hmm. weddings and uh, five-star hotels or whatever the occasion is through word of mouth, actually. So people just contact me. Oh, my friends said, suddenly I just get out of the blue a message. My friend suggested um, um, to contact you about a backing wedding track. Um, um, can you do a backing track for me? I, I want to perform this song in about three weeks' time. And so I said, yep, sure. Or someone says, um, recommended me to do a backing track for their YouTube uh, video because they needed a theme and they didn't want to take, you know, a Taylor Swift thing <laughs> and get copyright sort of thing. And so I would just make up the track. So through word of mouth, through friends, through agents. Yeah, it's yeah. definitely a big network. And I'm also interested by... Uh, the fact that you have an agent, because I think a lot of people tend to associate agents with bigger musicians, you know, the superstars. How important as a smaller musician can an agent be? And why would you consider approaching an agent for your own work? I actually joined a, a, f- a music Facebook group. I can't remember which one it was, but then there was um, the, there was someone that was just looking for a pianist that would replace him to play at nursing home. So yeah. I just said, oh, yeah, I'm a pianist in... And then I didn't know I was going to get the role. Mm. So then all the work that he was doing got passed on to me. Yeah. So it was just like that. And it's always crazy when <laughs> yeah, those opportunities happen because yeah. you never know where they're going to come. And like yeah. a Facebook comment if, effectively. Well, fantastic. Mabel, thank you so much for joining us here on Get Get Ready. It's been fantastic having you on and getting to hear more about your work. Great. Thanks very much for having me. Now, the other thing is that we have a feature track of yours that we're going to play along with this interview today. Could you tell us a little bit about the track and why you've chosen it? I chose the track daydream because this was the track that started my music journey for me um and just started my youtube channel and started my first ever song on spotify so it brings back nice memories this piece is a piece that describes an imaginative journey of me um traveling through the skies through the clouds overlooking beautiful sceneries below like sort of in a daydream so in the video i wanted to capture the essence of a daydream so you'll see me fading in and out in and out and the sceneries are also fading in and out in and out and i'm just so yeah as i said each piece of music is like a work of art and and yeah this is the piece that really started the journey for me so that's why i chose this piece mm-hmm. 